Hi, and welcome to another episode of Boss Ladies, a podcast about women in business. My name is Julieta, and I will be talking with women who started their own businesses here in Zurich. I wanted to bring the stories to the forefront and shed light on what happens behind the scenes of starting a business. It's time for honest conversations about what it means to be a woman in the 21st century trying to create something on our own. Before we get started, you can find Boss Ladies on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, where you can listen to all the previous episodes and subscribe so you can get the new ones on your feed or downloaded onto your phone to listen to offline. You can also rate and review to spread the podcast to new listeners and for me to know how you're liking it. So I have a bit of an announcement. Um, there will be more to come in January, but this will be the last official episode of Boss Ladies, the podcast, and therefore concludes season one. As of January, the podcast will have a new name, which <laughs> I won't reveal just yet. Um, but don't worry, because nothing will change for you as a listener slash subscriber, because if you've subscribed, you'll just see a name change. And um, for those of you listening in sporadically, please make sure to subscribe or check in in January to find out the new name of this podcast. But now let's give our attention to Natalie Andriani, the woman behind Moi Natural Beauty and my guest today. Natalie found her way into natural products when she took a course in nutritional therapy many, many years ago, which has ignited her curiosity into what we put into and onto our bodies and slowly started to switch out her cosmetic products. Later on, she also got her education as a makeup artist, which is what led her into the world of cosmetics and possibly foreshadowed her opening Moi. We talk about the journey into self-employment, what triggered her interest into natural beauty, the myth behind anti-aging products, the stigmatism of wearing makeup, self-care, the workings of natural deodorant out of personal interest, what she misses from employment, and the idea of what works for you. So let's listen to my conversation with Natalie. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Good. A bit tense, maybe. <laughs> it's not a good way to start this. <laughs> well, it's my first podcast ever, so. Okay. Well, it's nothing scary. It's literally just a conversation with microphones. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay. So my first question is, how did you start Moi? Mm -hmm. So, um... That was a, lit a little bit of a longer journey. Um, it uh, Well, for me, it was like already like many, many years ago, I always thought about maybe one day having my own company. Mm -hmm. And um, I then always worked in, in larger and smaller um, companies in uh, different fields. And um, I then, out of personal interest, did like a course as nutritional therapist. Mm -hmm. And that like kind of um, brought me a lot into the topic of like what do you put in your body, what how do you nourish your body well, um, what does it need, what is good, what is bad, mm -hmm. and um, then ultimately, yeah, that then kind of led to also you know looking into okay, well, what do I put on my skin and mm -hmm. um, and uh, what I what I saw there or what I found out after researching, um, yeah, made me made me think. 
and um, I then started to change my own um, skincare. I uh, swapped like bit by bit everything mm -hmm. and I saw good results and mm -hmm. um, that is like why I then was diving into it more and more and um, I was also sharing this um, with my let's say let's say people around me my family etc and um, started to recommend them some products to use as well and they also saw great results and mm -hmm. so then one thing led to another mm -hmm. and what does moi mean moi is uh, dutch mm -hmm. uh, my parents are both dutch okay. um, so i have dutch roots and uh, it means uh, beautiful um, in in dutch mm -hmm. and um, so yeah i thought that's like a, a, a good name. Yeah, exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> And how did you start your career? In what field did you start your career? Mm -hmm. um, I did um, like initially a commercial apprenticeship, like okay. as it's very common to do in Switzerland. Yeah. And um, have then been working in, uh, in international companies. I um, somehow got into human resources. Okay. And um, one company that I worked for, they stopped their project, which uh, led to layoffs. And um, I was lucky that I got paid for five months after the company closed. Yeah. And during that time, I was um, traveling, enjoying life. But then I also did a education um, as a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. So this is like, let's say, where I got into into the beauty yeah. subject and uh, but at that time it was like far away from you know even thinking about what what is in cosmetics it was okay. just like fun and colors and uh, yeah. extreme and yeah <laughs> okay you say extreme but if i look around your store it's very clean muted um less crazy fun colors um but more calming and serene um, products. Mm -hmm. So how did that shift happen from playing with colors and mm -hmm. maybe non-healthy cosmetics to very clean cosmetics? I don't know if it's a matter of age that I'm just <laughs> not so much into super colors anymore. Um, no, I think like for me, it's really like the the beauty topic um when i did my makeup artist education was very much about how can you transform a face how can mm. you do different looks on mm -hmm. the same face and make it look completely different and that was like kind of fascinating to me mm -hmm. now um it's much more about seeing the true person the true beauty in someone and um, i think this is also why i called the store more natural beauty because it's like um also what we apply to the skin mm -hmm. or what i would like to apply to the skin that i like it more natural mm -hmm. um be it ingredients or colors so mm -hmm. it's a bit of both and you run a physical store rather than an online store which most people do what's the biggest challenge with running a physical brick and mortar store yeah, that's a good point. I think like when I um, started, you know, to spread my idea amongst family and friends, I think they were all like, you're crazy trying <laughs> to get into retail, you know, without previous retail experience okay. and uh, knowing that uh, that the retail business is very tough um, mm -hmm. being like a local store in a, in a let's say, neighborhood area. Mm -hmm. um, for me, like the biggest challenge, I think, is to make it known mm -hmm. that I am here um, and um, to 
to yeah attract people to make their way here mm-hmm. and um but i was like really convinced that uh, especially with cosmetics and especially with maybe products that are not so well known yet mm-hmm. that people want to want to see they want to feel they want to smell um want to touch it mm-hmm. and um i think that really is the case but we're also looking into an online solution just because um, okay. people are asking for it a lot yeah running a physical store is what is your initial fear and how do you manage that fear and that stress like paying rent and making sure that you have enough customers coming in um to cover all your fixed costs um because you started in june you told me before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not been that long have you been reaching your small goals that you've set or has there been a little bit up down Mm -hmm. i think emotionally there has been a lot of up and down because also (laughs) we um we we opened the store um in june Mm -hmm. and um so it was summertime and um it was like very quiet uh, and uh, but luckily i didn't have like many days where like really no one came here yeah um but uh now i felt like it has really picked up so okay. like since i would say mid-september um it has really picked up uh, a lot of new faces are coming um so uh i think yeah i looking back i sometimes have to remind myself to do that um mm-hmm. but that i also that i'm proud of how it has evolved over the last month mm-hmm. and i think it's going better than what i what i could have wished for mm-hmm. and uh, and that's like really really nice to see also the interest of people you see that more or you know really getting interested in making that change mm-hmm. and uh, putting more natural products mm-hmm. um, on their face and so that's like really good to see do you think it has to do with the current movement of how the planet is evolving and um, the issues that we're facing with our planet and having more information available to us in terms of um, what's in products, what's in our food, that the younger generation is more concerned? I think so. I think it's um, different factors that play into it. I think um, one part is um, led by, let's say, the the nutritional movement Mm -hmm. that has already started a bit earlier, that people are more cautious about what they eat, um, how it has been sourced, um, really check the labels. Um, A bit same like how it happened to me. Um, My interest also came from that side. and i think also then um let's say the sustainability um aspect i think is there too i mean i have a lot of people that are asking like but why is a package like this um mm. where do the ingredients come from okay. so people do want to know and i think this is also like um maybe why a physical store also you know makes sense because people can ask these questions mm-hmm. and i think like being a conscious consumer is complicated nowadays because you have to think of so many things and yeah. uh, if we can help like with a with a store like this in let's say i don't know bringing light into that fog then uh, yeah then i think that's uh, that's a good thing mm-hmm. how do you select the brands 
that you have in your store? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm. I think also there, it's a bit of an evolving story. I mean, I have my my favorite brands um, that I absolutely wanted to get, um, and uh, that I just like also tried myself. I researched a lot. I was uh, trying way before um, I, I opened the store. I was like really testing through a lot of products. Yeah. Um, but now I think I'm also like I want to focus more on really um, brands that really have ingredients that are beneficial to the skin. Yeah. So that really do something good. Yeah. And uh, and this is like what I what I want to focus um, more on. Where do you start with skincare? How do you build skincare for someone that's, for example, never really concerned themselves with skincare? You mean like from a formulation point of view? From how, like step-by-step products that you would recommend or... Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have a build a regimen kind of? Like a beauty routine, let's say. Yeah. Um, Well, I think um, there are like uh, actually not that many steps. Um, I think it's important to um, cleanse well, especially in the evening. Yeah. Then depending um, on your skin type, um, a, a serum or an oil, um, something that, that nourishes the skin. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you have eye care. Um, it, it really, it's, it's hard to generalize because I think it really depends a lot mm. on what your skin needs and that's very individual. Um, but um, yeah, so I think it's, you cleanse, you tone. Um, mm-hmm. To bring back the pH balance and mm-hmm. and you nourish with a with a cream or an oil or a balm. Okay, so it's not that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and what ingredients should people look out for when purchasing skincare products, for example? I think that's a very personal decision. Mm-hmm. So um, it's uh, really like I mean, you have the the green or clean beauty movement, which yeah. is um, already a bit confusing because yeah. people understand different things mm-hmm. under the different terms. Yeah. Um, and you have, let's say, the conventional cosmetics that also have a right to be there. And I I think it's not that. Um, you can really say like everything conventional is bad and everything natural is good. So it's really like looking into what your skin needs Mm -hmm. and what the ingredients are. I mean, there are things like um, the parabens that have been a lot in the media or um, uh, petrochemicals. Mm -hmm. And definitely I do have question marks when it comes to that, especially um, when, you know, there are alternatives that I feel are doing a better job. But it's a personal decision what you what you're aiming for mm-hmm. and uh, what you want to do. <laughs> what about silicone in products? Why is there silicone in products, and what is the issue with having silicone in, for example, face creams? Mm-hmm. Well, silicone um, is like um, giving, let's say, the smooth feel and smooth appeal. Um, okay. And uh, I also do have um, makeup. Um, uh, like certain brands that they are do they are using silicones but they're very uh, specific very selective in what kind of silicone they use mm-hmm. and um, again um, I think it's really like when when people come and they ask for makeup and if it's like fully natural I do tell them this one has silicone or that one has yeah. silicone in it so it's a personal decision to make um, yeah. if you if you want to use it or not yeah you don't just offer products you also offer natural beauty coaching Tell me a little bit about why you added that concept or service 
and what it entails. Mm -hmm. um, so I added that service because I felt that um, it's it is a bit of a jungle. And also for me, I mean, I'm still reading a lot, learning a lot. Um, things change, new studies come out and opinions change. And um, I felt like it, if you want to start um, in transitioning into, let's say, more natural products, it's it takes a lot to read through and research and um, and try to figure out you know what is a, a good thing to do what is not a good thing to mm -hmm. do and um yeah and this is like something where i felt like with these coachings i i can help people to easier find the the matching products for them mm -hmm. um and it's really very individual mm -hmm. so um in the coachings i really i mean the store is closed it's not like a, a general consultation when someone asks for for a new face cream right. it's really looking into okay what is that person's lifestyle um what are factors that might impact the skin um and then really recommend them good products to use mm -hmm. also um finding a routine that matches their life lifestyle i mean there's no point um that i recommend five products to use in the morning if someone just wants to be quick out of the door so it's really looking at what does that person want and need and then recommend um, matching products or matching routine mm -hmm. how much time does it take to do all this research and to be able to consult someone and say this cream versus that cream or this serum versus that oil or how how is that process it's very time consuming <laughs> and i think this is also why people are interested in getting yeah. these coachings because um it's reading a lot and then if you get into let's say the more scientific aspects it's mm. always like do you really want to trust only one source or do you want to read it up also somewhere else mm. and um, I'm also as I said I'm also still learning a lot about yeah. um, how formulations are being done why are they being done like that um, so I'm also like digging still more and more in into that topic because it's there's so much uh, to learn uh, yeah. about it and do clients come back or is this kind of a one-time consultation and then they leave with their package and that's it <laughs> <laughs> well that's a, probably a bit early to answer okay. as I'm, I'm doing this since june right um uh like from let's say from a shopping perspective i see that a lot of people come back yeah um, and that's of course that's like very very nice to yeah. see because they like the products they yeah. you know they're convinced they say this work greatly yeah um and uh, maybe then they also get interested in other things like additional products like masks or, or serums mm -hmm. and um for the coachings um i i cannot say yet yeah i mean it's uh let's see i mean there are different packages yeah so um maybe yeah someone who did like um the detox your skincare package will then maybe one day come back for a makeup uh, consultation right. so it's uh, but i cannot say yet right <laughs> <laughs> and what about trends in the whole cosmetics field um there's rollers there is um i'm not i'm sure i'm not pronouncing this correctly but gua sha mm -hmm. um <laughs> what is the fascination with these two things i think one big aspect that also for me plays into the whole let's say field of natural cosmetics mm -hmm. is like say the self-care or self-awareness that it brings with it and i think um these uh, beauty rollers or face rollers and uh, the gua sha are like tools that kind of support this um 
ritual of doing something good for yourself mm -hmm. and um, for me that's really also a difference um, let's say uh, between natural and and um, conventional cosmetics because the natural cosmetics very often also play with um, elements like aromatherapy mm -hmm. just because of the essential oils they contain mm -hmm. and that's like if you want to embrace that that's like really something that makes you feel good and a lot of people also then say now I'm really looking forward to my evening beauty routine and mm -hmm. it's not just about taking my makeup off it's a moment right. where I really take care of my well-being and I think the these uh, gemstone rollers and tools they exactly also play into that field besides that they do have some some benefits <laughs> they do they do yes if you i mean it's like about um stimulation and about um you know light massages and uh, and i think it is beneficial for for the skin mm -hmm. and for the face and is there a technique in how you're supposed to use them Or can you just literally roll your, <laughs> your face however you mm -hmm. feel is best for you? Well, um, from the technique, um, it's like the movements should always be or mostly be, um, let's say, from the inside out mm -hmm. and um, upwards. So okay. that's like for, for a very basic technique. Um, with the rollers, it's it's really easy. Mm -hmm. um, with the gua sha, you, I think you really need to know a little bit how to move, how, not to apply too much pressure right. and what, what the right movements are because there you play even more with a with lymphatic system. So it really influences okay. on that. What is your opinion on all this anti-aging products? Um, does it actually work? Or is it just a gimmick that gives people a reason to buy it? Well, um, you know, if you if you believe dermatologists, like mm -hmm. the, the number one anti-aging anti -aging, um, thing to do is really to apply sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing or what you can do, let's say, for your skin mm -hmm. uh, in order to, to prevent aging. I think that um, also nutrition plays part in, let's say, um, if your skin is well nourished, but I don't believe that you can really revert signs of age. And mm. I think this is something <laughs> that we also have to embrace yeah. that, you know, yes, we do age, it's natural yeah. and, uh, and uh, let's embrace it. It doesn't mean that we don't have to stop caring for mm -hmm. our body or, or anything, but um, I... I think there are like just products that really nourish the skin very well mm -hmm. and um, and that then through, through that make it look like maybe a bit less, I don't know, wrinkly or or aged. Right. But isn't it just a general issue that we have in society today with this anti-aging movement that we don't want to look older or women don't want to look like they've aged they've they want to look 25 forever um how do we battle that issue in making women embrace their age i think um things are moving forward also there mm -hmm. um like uh, also let's say when it comes to um gray hair etc you have movements where people really transition into that and uh I think a lot of people are really like tired of, you know, fighting these kind of things. Mm. And um, I think it's like, yeah, um, beauty is so individual. And um, funnily enough, I mean, a lot of men um, find, I mean, this is what I hear also from, from clients, 
find their their girlfriends or wives most beautiful when they are like just natural and they are not wearing makeup and for for a lot of women it's like oh my god i cannot leave the house without makeup and um i think but i think things are moving also there like you have movements that go in a different direction have you ever felt that way that you can't leave your house without makeup oh yes yeah yeah many times and i mean also my skin is not always great i mean uh, there are like fluctuations hormonal um yeah. Hormones have an impact yeah. and um, and it is a bit of uh, like, yeah, showing your your bare self when you leave the house without makeup. Mm. And we have just recently had an event here um, where we were um, also like all taking our makeup off. And it was just like eight women without makeup. And it was like wonderful. Everyone yeah. was just how they are. Yeah. Is it because I feel like it's a general pressure for women to have to always look perfect um always wear makeup always look great in terms of styling um how do we make that change in letting women just dress how they feel best and not have this pressure of you have to come to work and look like you're gonna have a photo shoot for a magazine in two minutes Yeah, I think it's it's um, it's a difficult topic. I think it has probably a lot to do with um, feeling comfortable about yourself. And um, I feel like since I've gotten older, mm -hmm. I do care less. I mean, I, it's not that I don't care how I look, but it's just like not as important anymore. Right. And um, of course, I, I, I believe that like for especially for young girls, the pressure with social media, with Instagram, where everyone just, you know, shares their best moments. Mm -hmm. It gives you a completely, a completely wrong picture mm -hmm. in a way. And um, balancing that, I think, yeah, is, is challenging. Mm. Yeah. What's been a mistake you've learned um, the hard way? Um, to take care of myself, to, to listen, um, to what is important to me and, um, and, uh, yeah, really take care of, of my own needs as well. Mm -hmm. And how do you take care of your needs nowadays? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, no, I mean, through that learning, I have become, um, quite conscious of my let's say work-life balance mm -hmm. um and that's let's say become more difficult now mm -hmm. that i um run my own business and uh, especially because i have a, a husband who is like a bit of a workaholic so he comes home from from his job and he works like all evening on on our online shop solution yeah. and i'm like at one point like at nine o'clock in the evening i'm like you know i cannot look at this anymore <laughs> i really need a break yeah. so um yeah i do take conscious breaks really and uh, luckily um I feel it's true what everyone says. Um, it's like when you follow your passion, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like working. So mm -hmm. to, yeah, to some extent, that's really true also for me. Mm. What's a big um, difference in employment and self-employment that you've really experienced so far? 
Well, one thing that I really greatly appreciate is um, being able to take my own decisions mm -hmm. um, so that I can decide and I can just do it. And I don't mm -hmm. need to wait for approvals and I don't need to wait for, I don't know, I don't have to go present my idea in front of 20 people before I get the okay. So it's like, um, I feel like this is the way I want to go and I can go. Um, then on, let's say, a bit more of the um, challenging side, for sure, is the finances. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have to work longer in order to you know yeah. let's say as you said I mean I have a rent to pay here yeah. and um, the products uh, I pay for as well so yeah. um, before you actually start earning money for yourself it's uh, it's uh, it takes longer than when you're employed yeah what is what is no what <laughs> <laughs> what goes in to building a retail store from what point of view you mean from just in general everything from having that initial idea to finding a location to asking or finding products and having purchasing them like take me through your process of how you how we're sitting here actually mm -hmm. so it really started let's say with um putting down the concept that i had in my head mm. um and uh, that was like yeah several months because i was still employed at that time so it was not that i was like working full time on mm. on my new idea yeah um and then it, like a challenge really was like finding a location mm -hmm. that you feel like, okay, it's realistic that I can pay the rent. Right. Um, it's still in an area where people will pass mm -hmm. uh, or come make their way here. Um, so, and then there were challenges like with the location itself, that things were not as they were supposed to be. Uh -oh. um, so there were some moments where I was like, what am I getting into? Yeah. Um, Yes, and then it was like uh, about really selecting the brands, um, getting in touch with them. Um, yeah, I mean, stocking like amounts that in the beginning I had no idea of what, like how much should I take off what. Uh, and um, and then, yeah, having an opening event, um, doing all the marketing, um, overseeing the finances. Yeah. Um, so it's like a lot of uh, different things. And my learning curve has been very, very steep over the last <laughs> month. But it's also something that I truly enjoy. So it's um, very versatile. And uh, mm -hmm. I have not had one boring moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, um, I, I really, I, I love all the aspects of it. Yeah. Um, you said that you had some difficulties with location. What were they? Well, it was um, advertised to come, let's say, with the old uh, wooden floor. And, uh, and you know, when I okay. saw it, um, there were like things that I asked about and they were like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a door there. And um, as I said, there was, a, there was supposed to be an old parquet. And then just shortly before the handover, um, things were completely different. Oh, no. So uh, and these are moments where then I think, yeah, you really have to consciously decide do i want to you know get my energy drained over this or do i just move forward and try to find the best solution mm -hmm. and um so then we me and my husband we consciously decided like okay you know it's not that we can change this so right. let's just make the best out of it yeah. and uh, now we live without the beautiful wood <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the next location well you never know <laughs> How long did the process of having 
playing with the idea of oh, maybe going into this direction of what is now Moy and then actually physically having the store? I think it was more or less a year. Mm -hmm. So um, that I really was following this idea yep. um, that I also started to you know communicate here and there let's say with my family and close friends mm. that I have this idea to also hear what they think about it yeah. and most of them thought like you're completely crazy um, and uh, how can you give up your job your good job um, you know with a good company how can you just give that up and um, but for me it was like really I want to do this mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, this is why I moved forward yeah Do you think it's harder for women to follow an idea and a concept and then turning it into reality? Or is it about the same for a woman and man, in your opinion? The fact that I've never really thought about it, um, I guess, is a, a no. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'm very thankful that I have a very despite the first, let's say, uh, doubts they had, um, that I have a very supportive family mm -hmm. and a circle of friends. And um, yeah, and, and but I never had the feeling like it's more difficult because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, all the aspects I think that you also have to think of same like when you're a man. I mean, you need to check, uh, can you afford making that step? And um, do you believe it's going to be successful? Do you mm -hmm. have a chance of sustaining yourself with this? And um, for how many months, you know, can you, let's say, live with not sustaining yourself? So right. it's, I think, and that's equal for men or women. Yeah. It's been a thing on the podcast that um, we've talked about women overthink many things, which is why I asked the previous question, because we do often take much longer to come to the decision of actually making the first step. Um, so I was wondering if that was this, if you felt the same way that you really wanted to work through every single point there could be, or if you said to some extent, you know what, I'm just gonna do it and risk it and let's see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from that aspect, um, I do agree that probably we have a bigger tendency to overthink mm -hmm. things. And um, there, I think it's also good if, if you can, yeah, exchange with your, your network and, and get other opinions mm -hmm. in, because sometimes someone else might just have a very pragmatic approach that you mm -hmm. haven't even thought of. And for me, I think it was a mix of both. Yeah. So it was like some moments where I was thinking like, how am I going to do this mm -hmm. and rethink and mm -hmm. reconsider and some moments where it's very clear what way to go and, um, Yeah, definitely there was that moment where I thought, oh, let me just let me just do it. Let me risk it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I have to say, like, also, I believe that in Switzerland, we're lucky enough that, you know, if things would really go wrong, you would stand a chance to find another job. Right. So it was like kind of taking a limited risk as well. And now having been self-employed for quite some time, Would you ever go back to employment? <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point in time, I hope that I don't have to. So um, I, uh, I really, as I said, I love um, all the aspects. Mm. 
Um, the maybe the only thing that I sometimes did miss, especially in the beginning, was having a team because yeah. I've always, I mean, in yeah. the last company I, we were a team of like almost fifteen. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, so like these just fun moments, but uh, but I also have fun moments with my clients now. And mm -hmm. I think this is something that I really appreciate that um, sometimes I even feel like new friendships are forming with, with customers mm -hmm. just because you also see them on a regular basis mm -hmm. and uh, and you form a bond with them too. And so, or partners or, or brands. So mm -hmm. it's like uh, kind of you, I replace my team with other other people. Yeah. And um yeah, so no, I at the moment I wouldn't want to go back. <laughs> I don't think anyone that's self-employed <laughs> would ever want to go back. I mean, there's a very rare instance where someone would say, well, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like a lot probably for me has to do with the freedom of yeah. deciding. Yeah. So and uh, and and also like adapting and uh, just yeah. embracing new things and mm -hmm. try them out and uh, this is uh, like for me, lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> How do you find clients? Um, for me, uh, Instagram has been a very powerful tool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have um, been running some ads there and um, then, yeah, sometimes things just also pick up all of a sudden in social media um, on their own. So for me, yeah, Instagram has definitely been very powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think now it's also more like mouse to mouse that people yeah. are talking about it. Um, people here in the area and the neighborhood. I have a lot of people that come that walk past. They saw it and then one day they come in and, and uh, you know, it's like um, very nice to see that yeah. people discover the store and they're they're interested they're curious and uh yeah that's uh that's like how i have found my clients mostly what's been from your previous work experience something that you were able to take away from there and inject into moi mm, i think campaigning so running Instagram yeah. campaigns is something yeah. I also did in my previous okay. job. Um, and other than that, I think to listen and to be truly interested in uh, in what people tell you. I've worked so many years in, in recruitment that I'm yeah. like used to, yeah, listen to people and, and truly be interested in what they have to tell me. Yeah. And I feel that this is a skill that I can also apply here um, very much. Yeah. Yeah, listening is something that many people forget because they're very self-absorbed oftentimes and they forget to actually pay attention to who's sitting across from them um i've had it happen in meetings um where they just sit there and they talk and talk and talk and i have to listen and i do um but then when i say something in terms of recommendation or i would go this way or that way they completely zone out so how do you make them come back to you and really focus and listen yeah that's i think it's a tough one i think um you have certain types of people that mm, they mostly just want to be listened to yeah and i think let's say in in my context here i cannot change that yeah you know i can i can give them recommendations and if they want to hear it they can mm -hmm. if they don't and they just want to I don't know talk about I don't know their issues or challenges mm -hmm. yeah. then that's something 
yeah that you know mm. i can listen to and i can give them a recommendation mm-hmm. and then it's up to them to make use of it or not mm-hmm. so i don't think that you can truly change uh, people's behavior in in that aspect yeah no yeah. um but it is i find a little concerning that people just don't take the time anymore to sit down and really listen um it's a good skill to have especially if you run a business yeah i agree i mean i've listened to a podcast them the other day where they where it was about digital detox and they were saying like that let's say the average attention span of people mm-hmm. is less than the one of a goldfish yeah. so that like kind of was uh, <laughs> like yeah it like kind of struck oh, me a little yeah. bit and it's it makes you also reflect your own behavior scary yeah it is <laughs> um what is something you're you've learned that you're most proud of hmm that's <laughs> that's something that i often have to get reminded of um like by other people because i usually i'm let's say a person that rather criticizes myself mm-hmm. than like really think of um what to be proud of mm-hmm. but um yeah i think I'm proud of that I was able to to make this work yeah. so far yeah um in like quite a very short time mm-hmm. so it was like really besides being employed building this up like working on it every weekend in the evenings and uh, also since the opening to really yeah. see like uh, things improving um getting it getting more busy and uh, and so this is something yeah I have to say I'm I'm proud of in terms of self-employment, what's something that people don't see that is really hard? I think the amount of hours you, you put in, sometimes even unconsciously. Yeah. So it's like um, most of my life at the moment is around natural beauty and ingredients mm-hmm. and, uh, and be it like listening to a podcast on the way here or be it like in the evening reading up some some books. Um, so I think it's really the amount of hours that you that you put in. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite product? That's can you even say <laughs> can you say that <laughs> or do you want to say that? Um well, I think I have many that I that I truly love. Um, yeah, it's really if I would have to pick one, I, I don't think I could. Okay, top three. <laughs> top you... three. Okay, <laughs> that's, maybe um, that's easier. <laughs> top three. Well, I'm. Well, I don't know if I should talk about really brands. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, that's hard to not mention. You can. I mean, why not? Okay, so I'm, let's say I have to admit, I'm a big fan of Josh Rosebrook products okay. um, because he has like very, um, let's say, um, like complex ingredients, but um, very well done. So okay. they're doing their own, let's say, herbal extracts, etc. And um, the products just work. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a big fan of the Vital Balm. It uh, got me um, through winter last year without Ooh. having any dry patches. Um, so it's like very nourishing, um, beautiful product. Mm. Um, 
He also has a great um, day cream that already includes um, sunscreen. So that's one, one of the products that I really use like every day. And then like if we look at the decorative cosmetics, um, like um, Elio has a fantastic mascara. So mascara really? has been like the, let's say, one of the difficult products for, for natural yeah. makeup brands. And they really did, a, did an amazing job with that mascara. So this Ooh. is probably my top three. Okay. <laughs> Very difficult to limit to three. <laughs> <laughs> um, natural deodorant. This is purely based on personal experience slash interest. I find it, I mean, it's great in terms of that you're not putting aluminum in it. Um, but does it actually work? Because the ones I've tried, <laughs> they do not work. Or do you have to like use them for a really long period of time for your body to adjust to not receiving that toxic, I mean, I don't know if I should call it toxic chemical, but it is a chemical at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I mean, what is recommended is to really do a little bit of a detox after using, let's say, um, regular deodorants that mm. um, had aluminium in it. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, the odor, let's say, should neutralize. But one thing that I can confirm, let's say also out of my own experience, is that you do sweat more. So like there is no anti-transparent um, in the natural space, at least not mm. that I'm aware of. Okay, <laughs> after a little technical difficulty, <laughs> we were with um, natural deodorant. So you're saying you sweat more, it takes a certain amount of time to detox your body and... Yeah, I mean, maybe just um, to add on to that, mm. um, I mean, it's also, let's say, naturally the body is supposed to sweat it's a healthy right. thing to sweat so looking at it from that aspect i think um it's not a bad thing but mm. yeah definitely i mean if you have to present in front of people and you're there with like uh, super so soaking uh, armpits then it's probably not what you want but um i think it's really also about finding what works for you because right. different deals work on different people right. so it's really a bit of trying out how long does a detox take? Uh, also, that's like hard to generalize, hard. but okay. I think recommended, I think is about two, three weeks. <laughs> I mean, you can okay. already start using the natural right, ones. Right. So um, yeah, it's a bit of uh, trying. Yeah. And some people even say like, once they really have made the complete switch, they don't even need to wear the every day anymore. But it's like everyone is different. This is fascinating because to me, like, okay, this is maybe an overshare, but I use a 48 hour from Biotherm, like super hold, strong <laughs> deodorant because I have this incessant fear of, well, not smelling great. Um, and I remember when I started using um, non-aluminium anti non-anti I don't know the technical terms of this but <laughs> normal deodorant in quotation marks it was awful it was I couldn't do it I, I managed a few days and then I said this is ridiculous like I can't go and have meetings or talk to people 
So how do you suffer through that period? Do you kind of have to like stay home in a cave? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do it when you're on holiday. So you're like relaxed uh. because I mean, sometimes you also um, read uh, that um, the sweat, let's say that, um, you know, like has this odor that you want to avoid yeah. um, is mostly caused by, let's say, stress or adrenaline. And it's not just like sweating because, you know, you're, I don't know running right. or, or I don't know you're warm so it's like I don't know if I mean if this is really entirely true okay. um but um maybe try when mm-hmm. when you're I don't know a ski vacation yeah. or something <laughs> or I have no people around for like two <laughs> to three weeks <laughs> and okay is it truly that bad for you because there's so many sources there's so many articles there's so many opinions of aluminium will cause you cancer you will die i mean Mm -hmm. it goes to the extremes is it truly that bad for you or would you say concern yourself with it but don't freak out yeah, I think this is like um, one of those points where really everyone has to make their own decision right. and um, inform themselves and and um, think of, you know, like really what is like, where do I set my priorities? Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I think, yeah, it, um, for me, it's really like if there is, let's say, a natural alternative, me personally, I'd rather go for that one. Mm-hmm. Also, if then... I risk having a sweaty armpit. Now yeah. And then. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a personal decision in mm-hmm. the end. Have you ever, I mean, I know you're in the beginning, so maybe this is like an anxiety causing question, but have you thought about creating your own um, skincare or cosmetics line? Um, I have. Um, it's, uh, let's say, in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I mean, I think it's still a long way because I need and want to know much, much more about formulating yeah. and ingredients yeah. and, um, you know, like preserving um, natural cosmetics is a big topic. Like, how do you preserve them yeah. in the best way? And uh, so I still feel like I need a lot more knowledge before uh, before I get to that point. But okay. it is somewhere in the very far corner of the back of my head. <laughs> okay. Um, I have one last question for you. What does being a boss mean to you? Again, it's uh, about making my own decisions. Yeah. That's for me. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and all decisions, basically. I mean, of course, um, I talk, uh, we talk a lot about it at home and, um, my whole family thinks along uh, of you know how to do this and come up with ideas and sometimes it's also about saying no to certain ideas Hmm. and um, for me really being being a boss is exactly that having the freedom to decide okay well thank you so much for taking the time thank you for having me (laughs) and for someone who listens to podcasts now you've actually been on one so i hope the experience wasn't all (laughs) that stressful for you no it wasn't well listening to them still is more relaxing but (laughs) no but thank you for having me really thank you i as always really enjoyed this conversation um purely based from personal interest because I've been researching products in the beauty industry for years now 
due to my start in fashion and my love for fashion and beauty and fashion are kind of correlated. So it was really cool to sit down with someone that has much better knowledge in this field and can offer depth to what is otherwise a vast sea of opinions, facts and statements. Um, But we did talk about a couple of things that left me thinking. One was the worrying of aging and the idea of wearing makeup in order to be deemed presentable was the other. I find people, but particularly women, way more beautiful when they age naturally and embrace their age. So not pretending they're 25 forever, like we talked about in the podcast. And to be honest, I find it worrisome that we still haven't made that transition or started that movement, even though we see tiny steps um, in certain segments where yeah women are still made to understand that aging is not a beauty ideal and that being older is not a positive thing whereas I'm weird I'm so excited to turn 30 Um, I have a couple of years left in my 20s I should really enjoy them but I'm looking forward to being older and aging maybe I'll (laughs) change my mind when I actually am older but for now um I wish that society in itself just accepted age and aging and stopped trying to push products on people to tell them that wrinkles and lines and um, a natural process is not okay And the same goes with wearing makeup. As Natalie said, people find women way more beautiful when not wearing makeup on a daily basis. And yes, it enhances your looks and features. And yes, I also wear makeup, granted in a minimal way and not every day. But I find it so refreshing to not have any other product on my face than moisturizer. Um, Yeah, again, we see a little bit of a movement happening where bare face is beautiful. But I mean, every model on a cover, even when they look like they're not wearing makeup, they're still wearing makeup. Like the true bare face is still not celebrated as much as it maybe should be because that's how we're born. No, and that's how we leave the world. That being said, um, those are just a couple of things that left me thinking after I left um, the store where we recorded and I highly suggest you go pay Natalie a visit Um, her store is filled with amazing products and amazing brands and she also offers beauty coaching for anyone that wants um, some tips and tricks and make their life easier and yeah if you have any questions for either of us please send us a message i've linked all the profiles and website links in the show notes and as this is the last episode of boss ladies the podcast i would hereby like to say thank you to all the women i've had as guests thus far it's been an incredible journey and a big big learning um journey if i can say that 
And I would also like to say thank you to Delvis, um, the woman behind Boss Lady Zurich, for starting a wonderful and inspiring community that I've been part of this year. And as the show goes on and as we set into 2020, there will be a little bit of a change. Um, the podcast will still exist. It will just bear a different name. Um, have different branding and it will be solely promoted by me your host Julieta <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know um, I will share more details in January but for now I would like to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas a Happy Hanukkah and I know I mispronounced that and a Happy New Year see you all in 2020